amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floors really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now with your home improvement project. Your do-it-yourself dilemma. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. Especially give us a call today if you like old houses because that's what we're talking about this hour on the Money Pit. We are, in fact, bringing you a very special episode of the program from a very chilly <laughs> Massachusetts neighborhood located along a historic New England river, the banks of the Charles River are home to Harvard and MIT and other Ivy League schools. It's known for sailing and boating and big events like the head of the Charles Regatta. And this bucolic setting is also home to the current This Old House renovation in Auburndale, Massachusetts. That's right. The team at This Old House is taking on a home here that was basically a diamond in the rough, never quite living up to the neighborhood homes. And its biggest problem was that it wasn't taking advantage of a key location and really a spectacular view. So this hour, we're bringing you the details of this renovation from the entire team, as well as tips you can use about renovating your old house. This hour, we're going to hear from the home's architect and this old house general contractor, Tom Silva, about exactly what went into making this house a real gem. Now, the home is nestled in a quiet neighborhood of charming cottages and modest colonial revivals, but this stark 1940s home was initially described by the team as featureless and bland. Well, I got to say, not anymore. No way. It's really beautiful. So here to give us all of the details of this major transformation, is the host of This Old House, our good friend, Kevin O'Connor. Welcome, Kevin. Thank you, guys. It's always great to be back. We love coming back on the last day because we don't have to see all the pain that went in to get you <laughs> And we don't have far. to do any work. That's right. <laughs> and you get free food. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you've got a beautiful home here. You've got a beautiful neighborhood. What's the history of this area? In Newton, Massachusetts, this particular neighborhood is called Auburndale. Mm-hmm. And that tells you something right there, that it's its own little distinct place. And what's so spectacular about it is that we're on a peninsula. Every one of the 99 houses out on this peninsula backs up to our Charles River, which is very important to us mm-hmm. here in Boston. And, and it's beautiful. beautiful. It Gorgeous. really is. So here you are about eight miles from downtown Boston. And it doesn't feel like that at all. Not at all. You're in the woods and you turn around and out back you have got water. It looks like a lake because the river has been tamed at this point. And so it was a place that our homeowners coveted. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, Allison uh, said she had been stalking the neighborhood (laughs) for years. Looking for the opportunity to to jump in here. Right. And they found probably one of the last little gems in a neighborhood. But I mean, having seen the before images... I can't imagine how you would take a look at this house and not think, well, I don't want that. What am I going to do with it? But they really saw sort of a gem. But I think they also had the vision with the help of a great architect and said, you know what? This house has got some meaning and we can do some things to it and we can make it exquisite. And here on the last day, they have proven themselves correct because Mm -hmm. it certainly is exquisite. But it wasn't always. That's right. There were a lot of challenges along the way. What were some of the biggest headaches that you guys had to deal with at this place? Well, aesthetically, let's start with that. The house just didn't look that good, right? So it was an architect. 
architect. It was terrible. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. It was I terrible. It was. Yet it was designed as a custom house by an architect back in 1940. Yeah. And, so and you, that's amazing because somebody actually drew that out and they said, yes, that's the house we want. <laughs> yeah. We want to be dark, right. boxed in and have lots of crazy. And I don't want to take advantage of the back of the house hallways. at all. Right. Yeah. A sign of the times, no doubt. A sign of someone's personal preference. But you had this little square box with this sort of two small roof on top of it. And then the garage, which was a one-story box, protruding out off to the side that didn't look that great. Mm-hmm. It functioned for someone who lived there for 40, 50 years, but it's not going to work for this family. So the biggest headache was how do you make it look contemporary, up-to-date, and pleasing to the eye. And a lot of that came from the massing. Let's put a pitched roof on the garage so it looks like the other garages in the neighborhood, not a square box. Let's bring the front of the house out and present it to the street. These types of tips that a good architect and a good builder can help you out with make a world of difference. Mm -hmm. And, of course, bringing the back of the house... To up to the standards of what you would want to enjoy with a beautiful river view. We were told that at the time, the Charles River was a cesspool, literally, and that you didn't want to go down near the water for fear of catching something. So <laughs> if you could really block it off, then more power to you. Absolutely, at that absolutely, which is what I think happened when the house was originally built. Now, you could see when we got here, there was an evolution where they tried to put a glass sun porch off the back, and it didn't work. So we reinvented that whole mm-hmm. idea, and now here we are looking out on the beautiful Charles River. Kevin, it's truly an amazing transformation. This was really a concrete bunker that you guys completely reinvented. Stand by. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the engineering that went into making that happen. You're listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com, coming to you today from the site of the current This Old House renovation. On the Money Pit Radio Show. The Money Pit is brought to you by Thermatrue Doors, the nation's leading manufacturer of fiberglass entry and patio door systems. Thermatrue Doors are Energy Star qualified and provide up to five times the insulation of a wood door. To learn more, visit Thermatrue.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are on location today in Auburndale, Massachusetts. We are celebrating another fantastic renovation by the team at this old house. That's right. You know, old homes, they're really great because they're built to last. They use quality lumber. And that's really a quality that's hard to find in homes these days. But if you're considering buying an older house, they do take time and a lot of effort sometimes to maintain. And of course, they are full of surprises. Absolutely. I had a plumbing surprise just last week. Yes, you did. (laughs) (laughs) So here's what you need to know. Old plumbing made with steel pipes can clog from internal rusting. They'll eventually burst and can greatly reduce your water pressure. Now, old Old heating systems are also typically very inefficient. The good news is, though, that many states offer assistance if you qualify for it to help bring your inefficient heating system up to date. Now, another thing to watch out for is that many older homes may have knob and tube wiring, which is really unsafe and would need to be replaced practically immediately if you find it in your house. But if you're up to the challenge, an older home definitely delivers a lot of satisfaction and pride of ownership. And here again to tell us about the old home this old house took on this season is the program's host, Kevin O'Connor. Kevin, uh, we were talking earlier about the fact that this was really a tiny concrete kind of hole here that you guys had to totally blow out. I bet there was a lot of engineering that went into that. 
Yeah, there was quite a bit of engineering that Tommy and his guys pull off. We're built into the side of a hill, so mm-hmm. there's a full-story drop-off between front and back. And um, originally, the house's basement was built into the hill on one side, and then pretty much concrete all around the perimeter on the mm-hmm. other side. Storm shelter. Yeah, I mean, it's wasted <laughs> space, right? I mean, you don't want to do that. Yeah. You want to have access to that river out back. Right. So, so if it, there was ever a nuclear event, you were covered. <laughs> right. Or if the cesspooled river sort of washed up to the building's edge, right. you were in good shape. It's a, it's a grim look on the world. But yes, I, I guess you could say you would but be okay. But now that the river is gorgeous and the environment is beautiful and you want to see it, what do you do? We opened up the house to it and we had to sort of build a, a room down there on the ground level that also had to be a foundation. Mm-hmm. So insulated concrete forms was the solution. You guys know the benefit of these. Mm-hmm. They're Absolutely. sturdy, super insulated. And then we popped a bunch of windows and doors into them. So now we have a corner wrapped with mm-hmm. glass looking out on the river. And they're a great way to marry into a concrete floor that now has radiant in there for heat. And this is a great example of what you can do with an insulated concrete form. If you've never seen these, they look like giant Lego blocks. Pretty much, yeah. You stack them up and then you fill them with concrete and they become these amazingly insulated strong walls. And what I love about this house is that you don't see them. You don't see them at all. Right. I mean, it's behind the scenes, yet it fits perfectly into this beautiful 1940s neighborhood. And then we simply just stuccoed over the exterior. But what you've really got going on is a super insulated structural wall that is now a beautiful family room for the kids. And that's really what you guys at this old house do so well is marrying the new part to the older part of the home. And you would never know. I mean, you drive through neighborhoods and sometimes you can point out additions and see where things were puzzled together. Well, and also to the homeowner's credit, you know, they had an opportunity to look at this house and say, let's tear it down and start new. They didn't Mm -hmm. want to do that. You couldn't buy this piece of property without buying an existing house. And then you're faced with that challenge. What do you do with it? And they made that very deliberate decision. Let's keep it. Let's just improve it and make it more beautiful. So we got to give credit to them for making the smart choice as well. And one of the big choices they made here was the kitchen. Now, that kitchen was very, very tiny when it started. And actually, you gave me a tour a couple of months back, and you had the cabinets drawn on the wall like in crayon. (laughs) And now I get to see them actually installed, and it's really quite dramatic. Well, you know, it was only about five feet wide, maybe 12 feet long. It was the like kitchen. Like a galley. Yeah, like a galley. Yeah. And it was in all the original colors from the 1940s. It even had a stove that looked like an old Studebaker. Okay. It had a headlamp that came down. <laughs> you lowered, literally, you know, and a big grill. I think it was made to look like the front of a car. Um, it was it was such a historical element that we had Chris Kimball from America's Test Kitchen come in and kind of give us the history of kitchens. And we saw the evolution of how kitchens evolved in this little museum piece. But... It doesn't work for our family, so mm-hmm. out it went, and what we've got is a big, wide-open plan that works for a modern family that's busy and has got a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And I think what's so interesting is no matter where you are on this first floor, you can see through the windows. You can yeah. see through the whole space. So yeah. a busy family of four can really talk to one another through the space and, of course, enjoy all of those views. Now, the other standout feature is this multi-level decking, which is just phenomenal. And looking at the house, you would think it was always there. How difficult was it to achieve that given the sloping and the grading of the space in the back? Well, you know, with Tommy's guys, nothing is difficult. And and that's a tribute to, you know, sort of how skilled and experienced they are. But it really, it was a little bit of structure that they had to put in there. But a deck's a fairly simple thing Mm -hmm. to build. And so we took advantage of that. It's big, it's expansive, it's got views. And it really was a challenge of marrying it with the house and making sure that it was sized proportionally. So that was a challenge. And if you go back there, I think you can realize that they pulled it off. Well, it's a beautiful project. If you've not seen it, go to thisoldhouse.com. Click on the TV icon. You can see the progression 
right there. And, of course, watch This Old House. You can check PVS for your local listings. Kevin O'Connor, another phenomenal job. Thanks so much for stopping by The Money Pit. My pleasure, guys. Always great to be here. You are tuned to The Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, coming to you from the current This Old House project in Auburndale, Massachusetts. Let's get to those phones. Leslie, who's next? All right, we've got Ginny in Connecticut with a question about insulating her old home. What's up, Ginny? Hi, I have a house that was built in the 20s, and it doesn't have enough insulation. It used to be cold all the time. The walls are plaster and last. So how do I go about adding more insulation, and where is it most important to add insulation, in the attic or in the walls, and how do I go about that? Man, do we know how you feel because both Leslie and I have those old houses. And like, sounds like my house. <laughs> let's face it, you know, when those homes were built, insulation was just not a priority. Well, why would you want to be warm? Well, the, the, you know, <laughs> the fuel was plentiful. Uh, we had these monstrous furnaces and boilers that could overheat everything. Mm-hmm. We weren't thinking about efficiency. Yeah, and so and they were also very drafty. So they had to have huge heating systems. I mean, those old homes had like six to eight air changes per hour. Per it's hour, like, which is insane. Yeah, it's like leaving your door open. Exactly. You know, if, if your kids leave your door open for like two seconds, you'll like, shut that door. <laughs> you know? But it's a great question about insulation. Now, there's a couple of things to think about here. Let's start with the priority question. You know, you've got walls, you've got ceilings, and you've got floors. So the priority is clearly the ceilings because mm-hmm. heat rises. And in most homes, you need at least 19 to 22 inches of insulation to be up to current standards. And I'm sure in your old house, you absolutely don't have mm-hmm. that much. Or maybe at one time did, but it's just compressed over the years. I don't think they ever had that much. You know, you're right. I mean, my home is 1920, right. 23. And before we added insulation to the attic, which really has helped greatly, I mean, looking at the floor joists, it barely reached the top. And then, of course, there was settling. Right. And what I would do is I would take out all of that settled insulation. And just because, start with fresh. Yeah, I think it's just kind of dead space right now. I would take it all out. Insulation is so inexpensive today, you're, you're really going to get more efficiency out of it by not having that sort of clog it up. So I would now, first Now, faced or unfaced when you're dealing with the attic space? And that's a good question. And here's the rule. Faced always goes towards the living space. So you always put face towards the heating space. But... It's very hard to get a vapor barrier into an attic space, so I would go unfaced. And Even when you're starting from scratch? I would go unfaced and when I'm starting from scratch. Yeah, I'd go unfaced. I mean, if we had an open ceiling and we could put a vapor barrier across, then it would really do the job. At this point, let's just make it all be unfaced so we have you know, easy ways for the moisture in the air to pass through it, and then we'll dry it with ventilation later. But I would use unfaced fiberglass bats. And again, 19 to 22 inches. If you've got even two layers, that's fine. So fill to the joists. And then go perpendicular or in the opposite direction right over the joists themselves, correct? Exactly. And make sure you have plenty of attic ventilation so you don't sort of clog it up. Mm-hmm. And nothing ever on the roof line, right? Right. So many people no. ask us about that. Big mistake, right. Then the second thing I would do is those walls. You could use blown in for that. You could. There's systems where you two per base, per But that's got to be done by a pro so you don't blow out those walls themselves. Exactly. So you can do that. And then I would do the floors last and we will be in good shape. It's going to be much more enjoyable and a much toastier house when it's properly insulated. All right, Ginny, that should help. And if you make those changes, I bet you're going to see a big difference in your heating bills. So good luck with that project. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the Money Pit is on location today in Auburndale, Massachusetts at a home on the banks of the famous Charles River. Our friends at this old house are renovating a house that was just short of bland and certainly not taking advantage of its superb location. That's right. That's why architect Chris Chu was integral in the curb appeal makeover of this 1940s colonial revival home. And she's joining us now for a virtual walkthrough. Welcome, Chris. Hello. Chris, you had quite a 
challenge here. I got a chance to see this home uh, several months ago, and it was uh, a very small, dark, lackluster, uh, lackluster property that seemed to be almost built like a like a maze with all of the different intersecting hallways and stuff. And you've completely blown it out. It's beautiful. It's wide open. It's gorgeous. It's spacious. What was it like to take this from an ugly duckling to the beautiful swan that it is today? Well, I think one of the things that I saw immediately was, of course, the fact that this house was not taking advantage of the river view. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful setting. You walked in the front door. It was a dark hole. You were confronted with dark wood paneling everywhere, doorways everywhere blocking you in, no sign of the river. So I knew immediately the hallway, the front entry was so dark and cramped. I just knew we had to do something to really open it up and make it flow. And this family of four, modern day family, two kids, we have to be able to give them room to move around, function, communicate, and then also really enjoy the view. I mean, this house had potential. I saw it right away. You can't change the land. You can't add on land. We can definitely change the house. Which I think is so important. I mean... The house truly did have potential. In the before images, the back of the house was just sort of this straight wall with maybe one window, no really use of that backyard area. And you've done a fantastic job sort of creating this river appeal, if you'll call it that, you know, and turning this back area into a wonderful multi-level sort of deck space. How did you achieve that? Well, one of the things I always try to do is think of the outdoors and the indoors at the same time when I design. What does a homeowner see? Where do you want to go? You want to go right out to a deck? Okay, we'll give you a deck. You want to come in from the kitchen with your cup of coffee onto the deck? Okay, we've got that. You want to cascade the stairs down to the yard, to get down to ground level so it's easy and welcoming, and so it really encourages you to go down? I gave them that. So all of these things come into play. And at the same time, the view from the back, as you say, the river appeal, is that we've given the back of the house character as well. And you've also given them a beautiful entryway, too. You extended this home literally into the neighborhood with a covered walkway. And the curb appeal is just fantastic now. And the other thing that you achieved here is a sort of marrying of the garage and the main home together. Let's talk about that. Okay. Originally, the, the garage was like a shoebox, as I can mm. say, stuck on the front of the house. And it was the most prominent feature of the house because there was nothing else to look at. All you saw was this flat top shoebox and proportions of the shoebox stuck in the front. And the reason for that, I think, was because there was no land in the back for the garage. So they had no choice but to mm-hmm. put the garage in the front. Uh, the other thing that I saw right away was that the, the main house had a hip roof was so insignificant that it was not a major, it didn't help the house at all. Right. So what I did was I added two gable roofs, mm-hmm. pitched roofs, that talked to each other. The gable on the garage and the gable on the new entry hall talked to each other. It resonated. It kind of pulled the house together. But in between those two elements... I wanted to create, it's not really a covered walkway. It's, it's like a, a pergola. It's an open pergola, which will let light in in the wintertime. And I, I believe that the vines will give it some shade in the summertime. But the idea was to knit it together, the two gables, and create a more beautiful, welcoming, friendly front. And you certainly did just that. Well, it seems like you had a great time working with the family. How was it working with the This Old House team? Oh, was wonderful. it overwhelming or exciting? It, it, it was both. It was both overwhelming and exciting. Um, I'm just awed at the resources, the coordination, um, how fast everything gets done and how well get everything gets done. So I, I was very thrilled to have had this experience. And um, I'd say that the 
you know, the product is fantastic. I mean, I know everything is done so well and to the nth degree. And certainly everyone was thrilled with uh, the final project and, of course, your design and working with you all along the way. Chris Chu, the architect on uh, this edition of TV's This Old House, thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Oh, you're very welcome. My pleasure. Well, one of the last projects on the list to be completed was the decor, but it certainly wasn't an afterthought. That's right. Up next, we're going to hear from interior designer Melissa Gully about the design plan for the current This Old House renovation. The Money Pit On Location special with This Old House continues after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home, by calling 888 Money All right, hold the work. No one works in the house. Next call is for picture. Here we go. Picture up, standing by. Speed. Give me speed. And three. It's all for the Money Pit. And two, one, and action. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are on location in Auburndale, Massachusetts today for the final episode of this season's This Old House Renovation. The nuts and bolts of renovating an old house are necessary to make it functional, safe, and efficient. But the fun part, the bling, of course, is the decor. Everything from fabrics to finishes. That's right. The new interior designer for This Old House, Melissa Gully, was handpicked by the show's producers and says that she often feels like she needs a pinch. The whole experience has been a dream come true. I can only imagine. Melissa, welcome to the program. Thank you. You're very welcome. And this place is absolutely gorgeous. And actually, I had a chance to get a walkthrough with you several months ago, and you were describing everything, and I was just kind of smiling, but now, unbelievable. Thank you. Yeah, it turned out, I think it it's everything we hoped and more. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. I mean, the colors on the first floor are so vibrant and just mesh so well together in, in an unusual way. I mean, there's lots of reds, lots of oranges, plums. It's stunning. How did you sort of get from day one to this amazing finished project with the family? Well, they liked a lot of color. Um, they responded to those rich golds and reds and oranges. And, you know, we toyed with the idea that, oh, it should all be very muted so that the view is really the hero here. However, in New England, as we all know, it gets dark at 4.30 mm-hmm. at night. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of the time, other than the weekend days when you're running around to soccer practices and whatever else, but most of the time the house is appreciated at night and when it's dark out. So it had to be really rich in exactly what they wanted on the inside as well as being able to appreciate the view. So um, the colors just are so them. Now this was an unusual house because it was so boxy when you first started and now it's really opened up. What was the biggest challenge for you in uh, getting the interior? design plan just right here? Well, the biggest challenge was carrying the color through the first floor and not making it look sort of disjointed. Mm-hmm. You know, They liked the idea that there would be changes in color, but with such an open floor plan, you had to have repeating parcels of color um, throughout the first floor so that it did look homogeneous and sort of interesting, but not jarring. Mm-hmm. And I think when you use this intensity of color. I think uh, some people have said, I can't believe how much color you're using. But when you use that much color everywhere, it no longer looks like a jolt of color. It's sort of, you're surrounded by a a similar story. Yeah. You kept the painters on their toes here, huh? 
Absolutely. They were awesome, by the way. They were great. Yeah. And it's funny because their bedroom is so beautiful and soothing and mellow and peaceful, which is such a completely different story than what's going on on the first floor. Is that intentional to create that relaxing sort of space? Absolutely. We wanted the effect that, you know, if you close the door, the whole world melts away and it's just serene and private and peaceful. They both work full time. They have two small children. They're going, going, going. So it's a refuge. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned that this was kind of like a dream come true. What was it like working with the team at this old house? Oh my God, they're amazing. I mean, they're exactly what you think that they would be and more. They're perfect at what they do. I mean, they're amazing. Everything, nothing is overlooked and they're nice and kind and really funny. Mm -hmm. So it was was really fun. Yeah. And how did you get picked to be part of the show? Well, uh, they were looking for an interior designer and I had worked with the architect Chris Chu in the past. Um, She threw my name in the hat and they called and started the process. And the rest is history. Melissa Gully, the interior designer for this edition of This Old House, a beautiful Auburndale house on the Charles River. Great job. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, still ahead, we're going to talk to Tom Silva, the general contractor for This Old House, and generally a very busy guy in the last phase of these makeovers. From our old house to your old house to this old house, we'll be back with more after this. You live in a Money Pit. Money Pit is brought to you by SnowblowersDirect.com. Thinking about getting a snowblower? Check out SnowblowersDirect.com's interactive buying guides, recommendations, and customer reviews. Snowblower experts are available to help you pick the perfect snowblower. Visit SnowblowersDirect.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are celebrating with our friends, the This Old House team, as they put the finishing touches on another amazing renovation, this time right in their very own backyard, not far from Boston in Auburndale, Massachusetts. That's right. We're talking about old houses this hour, but your house doesn't have to be ancient to have some issues. For example, a common type of wiring used in the 60s was made of aluminum. And today, that's considered a fire hazard and something that really does need to be upgraded. You can learn more about construction duds that have occurred over the decades when you Google Money Pit Home Repairs by Age. You'll find a lot of information there. Absolutely. And speaking of construction duds, Tom Silva had to deal with some of those. Tom, welcome to the program. Hi, guys. How are you? We are excellent. And uh, one of the things you had to tackle in this project was lead paint. Tell us about it. Oh, yeah. We had a major, major lead paint issue here. And with the new rules and everything else, we had to follow. Uh, it added to quite a bit to the cost. And this project happened right about the time that all of the lead paint, the new lead paint regulations really kicked in. Yeah, I actually had to get certified after I had got the building permit and we were just about underway is when I had to get some of my guys and myself certified so that we could remove it. So it was a whole new learning process. Yeah. Was there really a lot to sort of undertake? How much of the house existing state had the lead paint? Uh, quite a bit. I, I was amazed at some parts that didn't have it, like some of the kitchen walls, which I thought had it. The kitchen cabinets didn't have it, but all of the trim had it. Uh, all of the shingles outside had it. Um, doors interior. Uh, it was uh, it was an educational process because of the testing that I had to do personally, and there was actually so much lead involved that I actually brought in a company with a special gun, and they basically really tested it. Now, did you 
just sort of refinish and repurpose that wood that had the lead paint on it? Or was it better to just get rid of it and start from scratch? Well, we had to do so much work to the house anyways. It was worth it for us to remove it, dispose of it correctly, and install new stuff. Now, another challenge that you had here was the engineering. I mean, this place had an amazing amount of physical and structural changes. How do you tackle something like that, Tom? I mean, it's kind of like an erector set, isn't it? Yeah, you've got, a, you've got the marriage between the old and the new, and you've got to make that connection straight and strong, and you're dealing with a building that's not level, and your new addition is level, so you have to figure out how to make that all work so that it blends and flows together easily. So we had an engineer structurally designed what we needed to carry, what lever load we needed to carry, and figure out what beam we had to use and what uh, engineered material we had to use and get those installed and then make it happen. And how do you sort of marry these two structures to one another so that they look similar, you know, sort of bridging these two existing materials. How do you get them to look the same? Well, the structural part of it is going to be hidden. So then the the connection that you're going to see, the visual connection is done by having the right materials to match the existing materials and having the trim and the detail match the existing material so it doesn't look like an afterthought or an add-on. Mm-hmm. And that's always important to me. I pay very close attention to the detail so that it does work and everything, you walk into the, the house and you say, well, that was an old window, that was a new window, but they all look exactly the same because the dr- trim detail is exactly mm-hmm. the same. You do the same thing on the inside and the outside. We're talking to Tom Silva. He's the general contractor on TV's This Old House. Now, Tom, uh, this house, like I'm sure many others that you've worked on, has very saggy floors. We get this question a lot on our radio show, and folks tend to want to try to make it perfect again. But typically, as you know, when you try to push stuff back in place, you can kind of cause more problems by doing it that way. How did you handle floor sags in this particular structure? Well, this house was unusual in a way. This house was built in 1940. And that was a time when we needed steel for other things. So you didn't see a lot of steel beams in the house. This house had steel beams. So a lot of the house was straight, but the structure between the two steel beams had sagged. Mm -hmm. And so now we needed to straighten out that situation so that you wouldn't have a sag in the floor where the beams are straight. So basically we showed on TV that basically a way to straighten out the structure without jacking the structure up, removing some of the nails from the subfloors, and basically just putting nailers beside the uh, existing structure to make the top section straight and leaving the bottom sagged. That's how you do it. And there's nothing structural about leaving that sag in the lower structure itself? No, the structural integrity of the timber, even though it's sagged, and when I say it's sagged, it, the middle of the kitchen floor, for example, part of it was down like an inch. Okay. And it, it structurally, it's not weakened at all. It's just that gravity has always been working on it. We've had a wall that was resting on it. We removed that wall, and so it was not a non-bearing wall, but the weight of the wall being on that floor system for what sixty, you get tired over things. It gets you know, gets heavy. Nature wins. <laughs> We're talking to Tom Silver from TV's This Old House. Tom, one of the issues that you guys wrestled here with is a flat roof over the garage. Now, flat roofs, you see them on commercial buildings; they're generally fine. But whenever you see them on a house, it's a roof waiting to leak, isn't it? Well, yes, you're absolutely right. But uh, I always tell people a flat roof is not a flat roof. It's got some type of a pitch to it because you have to get rid of the water that's on the roof and it has to run somewhere. So if you have a big building and it's a flat roof, there's pitches and 
uh, high spots and low spots all over that roof. And same thing with this particular house here. They'd had a pitch to the back, but it was a very low pitch. So you changed this now to, to correct the problem by building a pitched roof on top of the flat roof, correct? Right. And we basically wanted to mirror image the roof of the new front entry that we put on because the garage roof, basically the way the garage was originally, it looked like a box on the side of the building. And uh, it didn't look good because it's it's proud of the building, so we needed to accent that roof. And just by putting a little gable roof on it made all the difference in the world. Solved the leaky roof problem, got a nice pitch on it, and it also matches the original building. Yeah, it blends together now. So now, it, now that garage is part of this building. Now, when you were working on the whole process of putting the structure together, did you find any new materials that made it helpful for you to sort of match the existing materials on the exterior of the building? Uh, well, I say the new materials, I actually, one of the things that I use that's really not too new, but it's ICF, Insulated Concrete mm-hmm. Form System. And I like them because of the uh, foundation wall is very strong because there's a, a lot of steel in it. But what I really like about it is that it's a super insulated wall. You've got, a, you've got an exterior wall that's rated, uh, I believe those are R28 on a, on a foam wall. Basically... The foundation in the back, there's a lot of foundation. It's exposed. We were able to put the foam up against the foundation perpendicular because we had to run it out for a new foundation. And then I was actually actually able to stucco right over the the foam to match the existing foundation. So that gave me a, a really a visual look really well, and it blended so it just looks like it was always mm-hmm. there. So there's no transition. No transition. Yeah. That's great. Fantastic job. So you took a 1940s house, and you used modern-day engineering, modern-day materials to replicate the look and the feel of the 40s. But, man, it just looks phenomenal now, and everything is brand spanking new. Tom Silva from TV's This Old House. Well, thanks. It's quite a transformation. It sure is. And you've got to see it. If you've not seen this house, if you've not seen one of the recent episodes, go to thisoldhouse.com. Click on the TV link, and you can see all of the before and after right there. And i got to tell you, it is an amazing, an amazing accomplishment. Thank you so much, Tom. Great job, as always. Well, thank you very much. Well, getting your home renovated by the experts at this old house, like Tom and Norm Abram, is an amazing accomplishment, but I wonder what it's like to live through it. Probably not a lot of fun, and I bet it's a huge mess. <laughs> well, we're going to find out when we talk to the homeowners about that experience next. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at MoneyPit.com. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And the Money Pit is coming to you today from the current This Old House renovation. Now, the homeowners might seem like the luckiest folks on the planet getting chosen by the production team of This Old House. That's right. But this renovation along one of the most famous boating rivers in the country wasn't always smooth sailing. Here to tell us about that are the homeowners, Ravine and Allison Sharma. Welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. So is this a dream come true for you guys today? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's still hard to believe that this day is here and that we're going to sleep in this house tonight, but we're very excited about it. And I bet you're going to sleep really, really well because this has been just a long journey. Yes, very. Um, it's intense, an intense project, and there were a lot of very late nights spent deliberating this and that decision and picking out 
fixtures and all of that. Well, tell us, tell us about the history here. Now, you, you purchased this house when and what kind of shape was it and why did you choose it? Well, we first saw the house in a, in a showing back at the end, uh, I think mid-November of okay. last year. And pretty soon we said, yeah, this is the house. It had so much potential. It, it was just How could you see it? The before images of this house are so stifling. You look, at, you look at what's next to it and you look at what's behind it. Behind it is the Charles River and all around this neighborhood are some beautiful examples. And our friends two doors down, they did a beautiful addition and renovation to the house. So it, it, we were going off of that. So you knew you were looking at an ugly duckling. Absolutely. Great. And we had we were just in love with the neighborhood for several years and just waiting and waiting for an appropriate house to come up. And it's not a huge neighborhood and there aren't that many houses. Mm-hmm. So um, when this came up, and it was the ug- ugly duckling, so we were actually able to afford it. <laughs> okay. And, you know, a lot of people were turned off by the amount of work that it needed. And we knew that if we didn't go for the house, we would regret it and that someone else would make it beautiful like this. Now, you did something that's very smart that we actually have uh, given the same advice time and time again on our program. And that is that when you first bought the house, you decided to live in it a while to kind of let the house talk to you before just kind of diving in. So many people buy a house, they don't like it. And the first thing they do is tear everything out. Yeah. They don't give themselves a chance to get used to it, but you didn't take that tack. Right. We moved in. We, you know, we wanted to get a sense for what it, the house was like. And also, um, we just, we wouldn't have time, honestly, to put some plans together that quickly. Mm-hmm. So we need, we needed the time and we wanted to just get a feel for the house and how we would like to live in it. Yeah. Now, what were some of the challenges that you faced with the design? Well, one of the things with this house is it's, it has a very odd layout. Before you would, you walked in and there's this huge wall of dark wood and built-ins. The staircase goes up the side of sideways. You don't walk in like a center entrance colonial typically is when you walk straight up the stairs. Mm-hmm. So the house is kind of an odd layout and the staircase just completely cut off the first floor. So it took us a while to figure out how we were going to navigate that situation and, and rework the first floor. And I know that the kitchen was really important for you, Ravine, because you like to cook. So how did you come to a decision? Because that wood countertop on the island is fantastic. Yeah. The colors are great. The tile inside. I mean, a beautiful green mosaic, but that's just the icing. How did you get to the guts of that kitchen to really work for you? It took a lot of thought, and like Allison said, in an intense process, losing sleep, iterating. We had a lot of uh, comments from everybody. Everybody, everybody puts has their, an yeah, opinion. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. Whether you want it or not. <laughs> including, uh, you know, TV stars like uh, Chris Kimball. He came in and said a bunch of stuff, and we're like, okay. We have to take that into consideration, too. So... Some things you kind of say, okay, and then three weeks later, you you, you, you just wake up in the middle of the night going, Why did oh, I pick that? Why? Oh, no. What's, yeah, oh, <laughs> what no. was I thinking? Well, Ravine Allison, thanks so much for uh, inviting us uh, here into your home. It's beautiful, and uh, good luck and congratulations. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. It's so been our much. pleasure. Thanks for coming. You've been listening to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, broadcasting from the set of This Old House. Be sure to check local PBS listings for episodes of This Old House and Ask This Old House which is proudly sponsored by the National Association of Realtors. The Money Pit continues online right now. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a Money Pit. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 